0: Ready, set, go! Hey everyone, welcome back to the EV Diaries where we explore electric vehicles in small town America. I am Ben, I am an EV enthusiast and an engineer working for an electric cooperative in southeastern Kentucky. And this week we have been talking about batteries. And I wanted to start this episode with telling you a story about Becky from Florida. Now, you might remember Becky from the icing incident at Walt Disney World, where she was actually kept away from a charger by a Tesla, just occupying the space, not really charging. Which you can't really call icing, but, you know, we, I think we use the term charge block, whatever. We, we need to formalize a term on that. Anyway, she has a 2016 Nissan Leaf she bought used at CarMax. And she was telling me that uh, two bars had fallen off the battery indicator, and I assumed from our conversation that she is showing eight bars instead of ten. She still has a range of 90 to 95 miles, and the car is suiting her needs. She went on to tell me that the car was originally uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and now it's living up north in the Orlando area. A few weeks ago, Becky got an onboard diagnostic tool and the LeafSpy app. Now, I had not heard about the LeafSpy app, but it's $20 on um, the Apple App Store. And it is basically a app that will allow you to check on the health of your Nissan Leaf. It shows all the information collected and monitored by the car, and I come to find out that there's similar available for other vehicles because since 1996, all vehicles that have been produced have the ability to tap into the car's computer with an onboard diagnostic tool, and there are several apps out there that will allow you to read that. Or you can buy a standalone device that will give you, you know, like error codes or uh, tell you whatever sensors that are feeding into the car's computer what they're saying. It's really cool. You should Google it. The LeafSpy app shows a lot of info, including the state of charge of the car, the state of health of the battery, and the number of level 1, level 2, and DC fast charges that the car has been exposed to. Becky's battery health, or state of health, is at 69.9%. And, come to find out, her car has been DC fast-charged over 400 times, which seems like a lot to me. So that leads to the question of the day. Does DC fast-charging really harm batteries, and how much? Well, from my research, there's two things that are really hard on batteries. And if you recall the last podcast... Deep cycling or getting to a high depth of discharge or a low state of charge is hard on the battery. And we concluded in that episode that it's best to operate between that 20%, 80% range. Although if you need the extra range, it's okay to run it up to 100% every once in a while. But you definitely don't want to discharge the battery to a really low state of charge. Because deep discharging affects the number of charge-discharge cycles that the battery can sustain, and it shortens the life of the battery. Of course, we found out last podcast that uh, most cars have battery management systems to prevent overcharging and full total discharge. The other thing that is detrimental to batteries is obviously heat, because all things electrical are susceptible to heat. I mean, that's why electronics have vents, cooling fans, and heat sinks. I've seen gaming computers that are liquid-cooled, and I'm not a gamer, but apparently they're common. And, you know, EVs now are, some manufacturers at least, are uh, liquid-cooling their battery packs. And it's because heat is just so detrimental. So what happens when you are DC fast charging? First, let's talk about charging at level 1, level 2. It happens inside the car. There's an onboard inverter that converts the AC at either 120 volts or 240 volts, depending on level of charge, to DC to charge the battery. And it takes hours to recharge a depleted battery. It's slow and it does generate some heat, but there's not much concern with overheating. DC fast charging, on the other hand, occurs much faster. It feeds DC power directly to the battery without the need of the inverter. It can charge the car to 80% in as little as 30 minutes if the car is capable of taking electricity that fast. It may be even faster depending on the state of charge of the battery. DC fast charging generates more heat than level one and level two charging. And I've heard it said, but it may be an exaggeration. I don't know. We could use physics to estimate, but I'm just not that concerned. But what I've read is that you're charging at five times the speed, but it generates 25 times the heat. Like I said, I don't know if that is true. Uh, It's very interesting, though. So heat is the concern with DC fast charging. There's a study widely found on the Internet that was conducted by the Idaho National Laboratory, and it took four 2012 Nissan Leafs. The 2012 Nissan Leaf had a range of 73 miles, which, if you divide that by three, should put you in the neighborhood of a 24-kilowatt-hour battery. I'm not sure exactly what the car came with, but I would estimate that it's in that neighborhood. They were driven in Phoenix, Arizona. The climate control was set on 72 degrees. They took two of the cars and only charged them on level two charging. The other two cars, they only used DC fast charging. They charged the cars twice daily. They checked on the battery health every 10,000 miles. And after 50,000 miles, they had the following results. The Level 2 cars lost 23% of the original battery capacity. Now, that's 17 miles on a 73-mile battery. I think that's crazy because at 23%, you're getting close to that end-of-life territory of 30, which is what most battery manufacturers warranty over the course of 100,000 miles or 8 to 10 years. So this Nissan LEAF was, was already pushing that. Um, I sure hope that we have better batteries today. I'm sure we do. Technology has come a long way. After all, that's been eight years ago. Well, the cars were, are eight years old at this point anyway. The DC fast charge cars lost 27% of capacity. Now that's 20 miles Not a big difference between 17 and 20, but still, you're right there at the end of life of the battery after 50,000 miles. There's two grains of salt to take with this. A, Phoenix is hot. It's a dry heat, not like the humidity in the south, which is usually running about 98% on a dry day. And I don't have any idea of what kind of charging levels they tried to maintain, Um, the times that the car were charged, there's, there's a lot of variables. I mean, maybe, maybe one car had only depleted 20 miles that day before it charged and the other had depleted 50. I mean, those are variables that would, as we've seen, impact the study. But let's just assume that the Idaho National Laboratory knew what they were doing and kept everything close enough that this is valid. My whole takeaway from the DC fast charge question is that the the benefits just outweigh the negatives. I mean, I wouldn't use DC fast charge daily, but it's necessary if you're going to go on a trip. It's definitely not something to be afraid of, which leading up to this podcast, I was afraid uh, that I was really just going to fry my battery the first time I used one. And let's remember that convenience has a cost, and it usually comes on a permanent basis with a connection fee. Most charging is done at home on level one or level two, and it's much cheaper than the convenience of charging in 30 minutes in public. The excess heating does affect the lithium ion batteries, but it's not as much as I think we were led to believe And I think the environmental heat is just as detrimental as fast charging, if not more so. That being said, I think Becky may be the victim of the hot Florida summer sun and 98% humidity. I'm not sure that humidity enters into it. But, you know, the 400 DC fast charging sessions certainly didn't help. So here is wishing her the best on her EV journey. And if you haven't figured it out, I don't push regularly scheduled content. I'm trying to learn as much about EVs as fast as I can and share what I'm learning. So hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Also, feel free to rate and review. Uh, you can find me on social at EV Diaries. And just a note on Facebook, I was a pretty early adopter on Facebook. And now I don't really use it much. So don't be offended if you send a friend request and I just don't respond to it. It's because I'm not on Facebook. I promise it's not you. The EV revolution is here. The future for EVs is bright. It's going to be a fantastic ride.